everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. I'm Scott Galloway. What's going on this week? This week, uh, this week, I wrote about the deep fake Pelosi yeah. thing. It's not really a deep fake. It was a light fake, essentially. And I wrote a column saying it got all people all mad because they thought I was calling for the end of uh, 230, which is removes immunity and stuff like that. I wasn't. I was talking about, like, what, why did Facebook do this so cloddishly? Yeah. YouTube just took it down. It was interesting. They didn't get any reaction. They just made a decision. I think that's what it is. You just make a decision, and you, you make a good one, and then you act in the right way. And other people thought that— um, that Farhad Manju this today wrote, novel yeah. forms of digital misinformation still pale in comparison with Fox News's full-time Hall of Mirrors, which, like, okay. Um, Nancy Pelosi thought they should take it down. Uh, Hillary Clinton said it wasn't even a close call. The video is sexist trash, and YouTube took it down, but Facebook kept it up. Uh, you know, it, it, up or down, they should have handled it right, whatever they did. And now Twitter's trying to decide um, if white supremacists belong on the platform was a strained motherboard. So what, what think you of all this, Scott Galloway? So this was an extraordinary week of lying for Facebook, <laughs> even by Facebook standards. And yeah. the first lie was when the spokesperson, you know, they're, so they're sort of in the same business. They're, again, I, this is the Trump administration of digital. And that is they hire people and they say, look, in exchange for millions of dollars, we want you to take your reputation that you've built your whole life and ruin it by lying repeatedly mm -hmm. uh, with a series of talking points that we'll provide to you because we're under the impression that yeah, for the most part, Facebook just genuinely believes that we're all fucking idiots. And so they sent a spokesperson on CNN to speak to Anderson Cooper and say things like, well, we're not in the news business. We're in the social media business. And we want consumers to decide what is the truth after acknowledging that this doctored photo that makes Nancy Pelosi look like an alcoholic or disabled is not, in fact, true. So it's like saying you and I are in the I don't know, the, the sound engineering business, not on the podcast or the tech business. It's just mm -hmm. such an incredible falsehood. 40% yeah. of Americans get their news from mm -hmm. Facebook. There has never been an organization that is a bigger news organization so, so than what to Facebook. do what, what to because they, they like I, I a lot of pushback I put some loved my column on this too. so the question is are they a media company are they a tech company are they what and so I think one of their excuses was like look we don't take them down just because they're wrong um, how can we differentiate there's lots of t Trump versions of this not quite so obviously done for propaganda like there's and some of them are satire so what's the difference between yeah. satire and propaganda there's so it, it reminds me of those Supreme Court decision. I don't know. I can't define porn, but I know what it is, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, oh, so I know what that is, Kara. If you ever need any help, <laughs> I know what that is. Okay. Thank you. In any case, how do you decide? What do, what do you do if you're them? I mean, if you're going to be nice to them, you'll say this is no. a really difficult problem that they face. No, it's not. I'm just saying, no, it's right. not. Okay. Tell it's me not. why. Okay. I'm going to be them. It's like this is a really okay. difficult problem. We face, and we are trying our best, and we don't take down false things, and we label it. They label it badly. Let me just say they labeled it badly. Um, so, what would you have them do? Because they'd have to like take a lot off. I'd have them do what thousands of organizations around the world do every day with a fraction of the cash flow, and that I was I would imply good judgment and this incredible, the greatest human, the greatest processor in the history of mankind, the greatest artificial intelligence. It's called the brain and discretion. When you are a media company, you have a special role in our society. They don't think is, they're a media company. Yeah, but enough already. They are. They spend there a billion dollars. might be a new kind of media company. Okay. Like, that, does that abdicate them from responsibility? No, I don't know. I just think we have to think about it. Like billion that. dollars in original content. The majority of Americans now get their news from social media. 
They run content against against their consumers and then run advertising against them. There has never been an organization in the history of mankind that is more of a media company. Mm -hmm. And they have to do what the rest of media companies do, and that, that is make discretionary calls. So satire is satire. So if you show Nancy Pelosi and bad plastic surgery, which media companies do all the time, okay, that's satire. She's a public figure. She deserves and is open to being mocked. When you fool people into believing that the third most powerful p person in the nation is, in fact, impaired or drunk, you make another judgment call, and that is to take it down. And this organization keeps defaulting to this notion of we, we aren't a media company, or now they're saying we aren't a news company such that they can let chaos reign and not accept responsibility. Right. But I'm going to actually ask a question. What about Farhad Manju's question of that it's yeah. small it's small issues with Facebook when Fox is doing this almost all the time. Fox did a similar thing, edited a video of Nancy Pelosi to make her look crazy. So it started off the Nancy Pelosi is crazy meme on a cable network, and there were no repercussions for them. So I, I, think, it, I think it's a fair question, but I think Fox has essentially outed itself as someone that is very anti-liberal. Um, uh, anti it's a conservative network. They have a media point of view. And the point of view of Facebook is that we want to have absolutely no input or no discretion or accept no responsibility such that we can have more and more Chobani ads because white nationalists eat yogurt. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that works for a media company. I think you have to take a stand and be clear on your editorial stand because I think with Fox to a certain extent, I don't want to say people expect it, but people know what's going on there the same way they know a little bit what's going on. In Even MSNBC. if they do false videos. Oh, I don't – I think that crosses a line and I think, again, the key to all of this is that with media, we place on top of these decisions something that requires nuance, something that requires a human. And what tech has been able to do is replace humans with technology and they're paying the price. And what they need to do is reinvest some of that unbelievable gargantuan – you know, supernova profitability back into that human discretion. It'd be good for employment. It might be bad for shareholders, but it would be good for employment and it would be good for society. And they, ex they refuse to make the requisite investments despite some of the incredible harm that's taking place because they refuse to invest in that nuance that every other media company has invested in. Uh-huh. Now, Don't I'm going to be Kara no? Swisher now. Yes, I do. I, I, it's an interesting question because then when I wrote, I used a lot of people, someone wrote Kara Swisher's wrong piece, which and then they're just like, I'm scared to say it, and started with this crazy lead about how I made yeah. him drink coffee, which was okay, whatever. Um, I don't make adults drink things. Um, so, so one of the things was that that if they start making decisions, they could start doing it on religious stuff. They can start doing it on other speech. You don't want Mark in charge of this. And it, it, it damages the free and open internet if they are responsible for this, including with Section 230 and stuff. So it's got to be dealt with. That's the, And I think smart people should sit around and talk about it. Interestingly, I was at an event last night. And this, us. And us. And yeah. us. <laughs> I was at an event last night at this fancy house called the Meridian House Internet. It was like a gorgeous home in one of these Washington, D.C. homes. And yeah. it, it's, it's some sort of organization that helps the State Department with foreign uh, dignitaries and stuff like that. Anyway, someone got up, uh, someone who worked for a tech company, I'm not going to say which one, was like, how can you make all these tech people seem like villains? And I was like, they were seen as celebrities forever. Like, isn't it going to hurt innovation? Shouldn't we let them do whatever we want? Another person was like, shouldn't we let them do whatever we want so we get the benefits? And it was yeah. a really, it was fascinating for people to do that. And so that leads into Twitter trying to decide whether white supremacists belong on its platform. Uh, there's a new platform called Parlay that mm – -hmm. or Parler or Parlay. There's, they're deciding what to call it. They're, people call it different things. But what do you think Twitter should do? Make a decision like that or just let it go? Yeah, I think that we have been co-opted into the notion that this is really hard or near impossible because of their scale. 
And again, these guys can do it. And actually, Twitter has done, I think, a decent job. If you report abuse on Twitter, I think they do, you know, not a perfect job, but I think they're making a good faith effort. And I'm kind of loath to give Twitter any credit here. But I think they do. If you do report abuse, something happens. You can block people. Not everybody. I've had problems with that, but. Have okay. you? Yeah. Um, but the amount, uh, Facebook's power, the fact that they now are, uh, they are now uh, speculating or proposing an encrypted backbone such that they can fully throw up their arms and say we're not responsible and have one kind of broken sociopath decide the algorithms that go privately and without any supervision, the algorithms to communicate to 2.7 billion people. Mm-hmm. You know, media is media just plays an incredibly important role. And the notion they can't figure it out, like every other media company has done throughout history, even if they have a bias, the Wall Street Journal has a bias. It's impossible to have humans and not have a bias. Mm-hmm. But what you also get is a certain level of discretion where you can say, okay, this is clearly false. It clearly could have negative ramifications. We're not going to let. They're not the town square. They don't need to comply with the First Amendment. And yes, they have to make the same hard decisions everyone makes every day at work around close calls. So this notion that it's, again, we're not talking about the realm of the possible. We're talking about the realm of the profitable. And they've decided to communicate a narrative that said it would be impossible or all this hand-wringing or mental anguish. No, it's not. Media companies get it wrong all the time. But they try, and they get Mm -hmm. it mostly right most of the time. And Facebook needs to start getting it mostly right most of the time. And it's going to be one thing and one thing only. It's going to be expensive. And the the investment and whatever hit the earnings take will be a fraction of, of the upside we'll get from not having an organization that spins up violence, that communicates hate, that depresses our teens. And your, your article is exactly right. They should be subject to the same scrutiny as every other media company. For some reason, we've decided, oh, no. And again, the spokesperson said, we're not a news corporation. We're, we're, so, we're in the social media yeah, business. Yeah, it's that's interesting. It's so hard for me to say these things. I mean, that's the thing. It's like it's gone too far, and you do decide what your business is. Are you going to be a business where all the mobsters mm-hmm. go to eat or not? Right. Like, are you going to have like that. You know I'd like I mean? to go there. Isn't that Luger's yes, Steakhouse? Yes, there's several. Yeah, there's yeah, several of them. Yeah, there's several of them. Anyway, uh, it's fine. So lies two and three eat, while we're on Facebook lying. Yeah, yeah. So the new narrative from from Sheryl Sandberg is that only a company of their scale can solve these problems. Oh. And the problem is it's the scale that created the problem. And that is this organization has so much reach and has so much commentary and so much – content that they have that it's gotten away from them. So it's not scale is going to help them solve the problem. Scale is the thing that caused the problem. And then my favorite lie that every organization switches to when they realize the regulators are catching up to the damage they're doing, they're making the Chinese xenophobic argument. Yeah, that, oh, that's what Chinese this panel was a- about last night. Yeah. AI weaponized Chinese companies are coming for us. And guess what? eBay was able to push back on Chinese companies when they spun PayPal. You know, when, it, when the telco monopoly that was AT&T was more able to push back on Vodafone and NTT when they split up into 11 companies. The notion that one big company is needed, the only, organ, the only argument you can make is capital. And any of those companies, whether it's Instagram, whether it's WhatsApp that would, that would be spun, would be more nimble, more innovative, in my view, more ethical because they'd be forced through, through competition and they would not have any trouble finding the requisite capital to push back on WeChat or all the Chinese – all the Chinese, you know, AI, AI warriors that Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg are trying to convince us are coming for our children. It is just 
three lies in seven days. Facebook, you're on a roll. All right, then. All right, speaking of, of uh, difficult social issues, Netflix yeah. and Disney this week talked about uh, if this Georgia abortion law goes into effect, they're going to pull their investments. And a lot of people are arguing that business boycotts don't work. We're going to have Stacey Abrams at uh, – at the code conference next week along with you. Yeah. Um, and she is like this, it, it often doesn't hit the right people. So, you know, uh, Bob Iger literally this morning just said the same thing. Like we're not going to be able to work there if that's, if this law goes into effect, same thing with Netflix. Others will probably say the same thing. Just today, uh, Mark uh, Benioff, Salesforce has said they're not going to help companies that sell automatic weapons um, with their yeah. software, really wading into all kinds of issues, the tech and yeah. media companies thoughts? You know, it's a tough one. I'll ask you to go first because I find this is a tough one. What do, you, what do you think here? Do you think this works? Do you think these boycotts work, business boycotts of regions? I don't I don't know. It does. It sends a signal. It definitely sends yeah. a signal. I think, yes, of course, it affects people. It may f- affect the wrong people, but, it, you right. know, pe- pe- people get affected, but it's sort of like anything else. Uh, it, it, it's it's difficult to decide who who is more. My son this week was trying to, the idea behind transgender athletes competing with women, uh, this topic, and I was like, anywhere you go, someone has to, is, gets hit if, in whatever choice yeah. you make. And so we were debating that, and I was like, I can't even know what to decide in this case. And so what was what was interesting here is that if you hit the wrong people, does it matter? I think, yeah. um, I think probably you do hit the wrong people more than the right people. But at the same time, it does send a signal of Disney, if Netflix, if Amazon doesn't locate there. Uh, you know, it, it says it says we don't want to do business with you all. This is an important thing to us. And I think it's the same thing as you're talking about Facebook, is what kind of company do we want to be? What right. kind of choices do we want to make? What do we want to build? And I think that's a very legitimate, like, what do we want to put on Recode? I think, it was like, I don't want to put that. I couldn't. I make choices like that. You know, I, I don't run the website anymore, but like that. And you do the same thing. Who do I want to work for? Who do I not want to work for? And right. so I think it's it, – I think it will probably have an impact because half the – you know, a lot of people are are thrilled with this new abortion law in Georgia. And they maybe won't go see Endgame or or probably they won't. They love – these movies are great. But yeah. I think CEOs have to make choices. And today, I think it's impossible now not to. Yeah, we found this, you know, Indiana when they you know, when they started talking about, you know, when it was Pence and mm-hmm. gay conversion therapy as a as a you know a legitimate um, a legitimate program to to stem. I mean, there's just been so much crazy shit from so many crazy states, and then companies say, "All right, that's it, we're done." And I don't think there's any any evidence it's effective. It's it's kind of it's a little bit of virtue signaling from the company. I think the time to make these threats was much earlier. Uh, to say, look, if this goes through, because at the end of the day, voters don't like being told by those damn Yankees or those people in Hollywood how they should vote. Mm-hmm. And it feels to me like when you're talking about something as valuable as a you know a family planning and a woman's right to choose, this is supposedly settled law. And it means that we need to be down there and educating voters and we need to be supporting Planned Parenthood. So that's but what that's- they should be doing. Well, I don't know. I just wonder: Does Netflix? Does any Georgia voter really change their mind because Netflix says they're not going to fill? They're but not. Disney's film a bigger Georgia. thing. Disney's, you know, as yeah. you know, it's popular among everybody. Like, so what do you? It's yeah. a really hard question. It's a really difficult question. Tough. I do think um, they can't avoid it, and I, certainly they have to. Then, if they do film there, they have to deal with their employees who are like, or, or yeah. you know, look what Emma Thompson did around uh, Pixar. For example, like, I'm not going to work. I'm quitting. Now, she had a really good interview in the New York Times saying, "Look, I know other people can't say what I can say because I can get another job, but yeah. you know, it does. I do. I do think it matters in people's 
speak up, and especially like a Bob Iger. It's a really interesting— Yeah, um, I just think it says something, and it puts a, a line in the sand for sure on this issue. And, and it raises awareness. It right. just, uh, for example, I was thinking about taking my 8- and 11-year-olds to the, what is supposed to be the world's largest and most impressive aquarium in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and it actually gave me pause. Should yeah. I not be— should I not be taking my kids and my dollars to Georgia in this period? And yep. it, it, you're right. It just kind of it puts it into the news cycle. It's important. I don't know how effective it is. Although I will say, I do think there's a shareholder reason to get much more woke. Mm-hmm. All the money is going. You just talked about this. Well, per, uh, conservatives are overrepresented in government. They're controlling government. 70 of the 100 senators come from 20% of the population, mostly in the middle of the red states. But all the money is flowing to the cities. It's flowing to young tech-enabled information workers who are college graduates and show me those things and I'll show you blue. So, you know, part of the reason one of the problems we have income inequality is around all the money's kind of aggregating to a smaller and smaller cohort. But whereas it used to be the rich people were these rich old white guy Republicans, now it's kind of young white Democrats that are gathering all of the kind of disposable income. I mean, walk into a company whose share price is up 300 percent and there's a 30-year-old who's made more than a million bucks. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you a company that's 80 percent plus Democrat. Yep. So companies are finding their woke values because that's where all the money is. Well, the, so I think this they do is, have to respond to employees. There's no question. Yeah, it's just changing, and companies are taking more political stands. But, you know, you and I both love Bob Iger, so yeah. right, right on, brother. But I, yeah, I think I, he's, like, at the see. point where, like, me and my cashmere ways are just going to do whatever I feel like. I wish he had <laughs> run. cashmere ways. I call him Mr. Cashmere. I like that. I, call him I like that. I call him Mr. Cashmere. He's like, why do you keep calling me that? I'm like, well, oh. you know, the other Mr. Cashmere was uh, Peter, um, who worked for um, blank, Peter Chernin. He was also yeah. Mr. Cashmere. They look great in their cashmere, but they're they're very smart guys, for sure. Um, Laurel right. Piano, great brand. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Bruno so, Cuccinelli. <laughs> Bruno Cuccinelli. Baby, killing baby alpaca lambs for my for my sexy a lot sweater. Of guys in Italy to talk about. Dreamy. Whatever. Anyway, uh, enough with Bruno. When we get back, we have to get back, but we're going to talk about uh, Mackenzie Bezos and her yep. giving pledge. We're going to talk about billionaires and a bunch of other things. Yep. When we get back after this. All right. So wins and fails, Scott. Wins and fails. You were talking about Mackenzie Bezos. She's doing the giving pledge. I, I like the giving yeah. pledge, although I just interviewed Anand Girigadas, and he was talking about the idea of just taxing rich people and not letting them yeah. give money in this way. The giving pledge is a little different, I think. It depends on yeah. how they give it away, and I don't think he thinks all charity is wrong. He just thinks the way charity is done by very wealthy, especially tech people, is problematic. Um, essentially, they get to make money any way they want, including yeah. damaging ways, and then they get to give it away any way they want. And so it, 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 we, we sort of give them a pass, just like the Sacklers with opiates and things like yep. that. And we have to rethink it. So just taxing them is his thing. But nonetheless, this is an enormous amount of money. And if it's done correctly, there could be – I think there could be great benefits. But what do you think? Well, it's hard, it's hard to be critical of someone who pledges to give away money, right? That's the it's point just, he makes. You can't be critical. It, it's hard. To, you know, yeah, but it really is. I mean, there's different forms of giving. But it, it's what was most interesting about that announcement was the bigger story in the media – wasn't that she had signed it. What was the biggest story? It was that her husband had not. Yes. That's what everyone was focused on, that he hadn't done it. And Anand, I I did listen to your podcast with Anand, which I thought was great. And I have a story about Anand, but Mm -hmm. I call it the Pablo Escobar effect. And Mm -hmm. that is Pablo, after, you know, wreaking terror on a nation and killing civilians and creating a culture of violence and crime, he would build parks. Mm -hmm. And then he would fund the local soccer team. Yeah. And is is in fact philanthropy a means of kind of, you know, ointment Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. for as a Neosporin for the people who who didn't behave yes. appropriately <laughs> to get those those billions? Is it the Neosporin for bad activity where people mm-hmm. everybody? You know, all these. I, I think of one venture capitalist who's constantly talking about helping. You know, young girls code and mm-hmm. and and talking about who uh, you know how, how, barks at the moon at night and then shits at the shits in the well all day long. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just how do we have a series of people? Is 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 the American way be as rapacious as possible and then try and the ointment is philanthropy? It's really it's really interesting. And, and to a certain extent, I, I, I and I'm as I mentioned last week, it was capitalism versus socialism. No joke. Week on Fox. Oh really? And <laughs> spoil that. Can you believe that? And spoiler alert, oh I, I think capitalism's going to win on Fox. Anyways, oh, I, and I'm digressing here, but last week I went on Fox and they come on and they introduce me as a socialist. But you know what socialism? Philanthropy is socialism because it's tax deductible. Philanthropy is consumption. I it didn't know you were a socialist. This is a well, big I didn't know either, but according to Fox, I am. Anyways, <laughs> so, but okay, so what is socialist? Yeah, what is? Tax, to the tax deductibility of philanthropy. Philanthropy is consumption. It should mm-hmm. not be tax deductible. Social security, in my opinion. I'm on this thing where I have decided where every major economic activity and tax break, our entire tax system is an economy is designed around one thing, and that is to take money from every single cohort, whether it's millennials, whether it's African-Americans, whether it's women. It's to take every money from every single cohort and transfer it to baby boomers. Mm-hmm. Mortgage tax deduction, who owns homes? Baby boomers. Capital gains tax deduction, who owns homes? Baby boomers. Aren't artificially you a baby suppressing. Boomer? Artificially suppressing interest rates, unsustainable social security, borrowing against the future to pay for these social programs that aren't meant to help the poor, but make it such that you can upgrade from a princess cruise to a silver sea cruise because you're getting social security when you goddamn don't need it. Baby boomers. Literally, Tom Brokaw talks about the greatest generation, the greediest generation, hands down in the history of mankind, (laughs) U.S. baby boomers. I love a good rant from Scott. Okay, Scott, what was a win then? What was a win for you? A win. Okay, so— uh, so it's a little bit old, but both Cheddar and uh, Quartz got sold. One mm-hmm. for, I think, $120 Quartz million. Quartz was like 100 for, years ago, right? Yeah, it was a while ago, yeah. a few weeks, and I guess in the meteor world. I'm slow. I'm Months. just getting caught up. Okay, they got sold. By the way, have you seen this new show called Cheers? It's so cute. Oh, my God. It's Move so on. cute. And my latest show, Everyone Loves Raymond. Um, anyways, anyways, the uh, these guys got sold. I like, uh, I like when startups – get sold and they do okay and, you know, don't necessarily have to be, you know, $12 billion exits. So, look, cheers to Cheddar and to Quartz for getting sold. I think it's a good outcome. We've entered an economy where it's either usually you get beamed in the face and go down in a ball of flames or you become a unicorn and we're worth billions of dollars. So I like kind of these, what I'll call these, you know, these triples. So congrats to both of them. All right. Uh, That's on, a good win. All right. Now, fails. I'm going to start with fails. I think go this ahead. covering up with the John McCain. It's a, it's a yet another story. It's like everyone's like, oh, it's a distraction. I'm like, it's awful. Like, Explain to the fans what happened. What happened is they, someone in the White House sent a yeah. memo to the military to cover up that John McCain is a, is a, is a, is a giant um, destroyer. I don't know what, what kind of boat it is, but it's a big boat, a big yeah. ship that, we, that the, the Navy has, the Navy ship. And yeah. it's, it's for his father, his, his grandfather, and him, I think. And so it has his name, and the people who serve on it have their names yeah. on, their, on their uniforms. And the boat was in Japan where President Trump was visiting, and apparently someone from the White House said, we can't have it seen anywhere Trump is. Like, he doesn't want to—within his vision or something like that. So they used a tarp at first, and then they 
gave all the McCain uh, crew members the day off so that you wouldn't see. And then they, some of them tried to get into the event with President Trump, and they weren't allowed because they couldn't possibly see the name McCain without going crazy. And so he was denying that he did. He never thought it, said it was awful, for one, in this. Yeah. He never apologized for it. And then he also said, well, the person who did it was well-meaning. And the fact that these minions would, you know, preemptively deal with their baby Huey tantrum of a boss was astonishing. So I thought that was it was, and then of course it got tons of. Uh, it was hard to hide. So the, the Navy, I was like, social media exists and pictures go viral. You need to like, you can't hide this stuff. But the fact that the, the media, the the Navy was being pulled into this political ridiculousness was just sad. Just sad. that is sad. sad. That is sad. Uh, so my fail. My is- dad was in the Navy, by the way. What did your dad do in the Navy? He so was, was mine. He was, he's dead, but he was a uh, lieutenant. Oh, I forget. Whatever. He was a doctor. He was a doctor. He was a doctor in the Navy. Yeah, he was. He, it put him through school. He was. He wasn't. Didn't have a lot of money, and so it put him through college and medical school. And then he served until he he died just after he got out in his thirties, his early thirties. So uh, he was. He loved the Navy. He was. He looked great in the Navy. I just have a lot of regard. I wanted to be in the Navy, but anyway, it was. You it's wanted to be in the Navy. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And your father passed away in his thirties. Yes, he did. So a lot to unpack. Yes, thank you. We'll talk about that later over drinks. Anyway, um, so so, my father was in the Royal Navy. He was a frogman. Really? Yeah. Wait, are you English? Uh, Yeah. Well, I I used to be a dual citizen, uh, which explains my incredible wit and humor, Uh uh, and and uh, terrible design taste and lack of cooking skills. But anyways, yeah, my both my parents are British. You know, you need to invest more in our relationship. I I I can't believe you didn't know that. You know what? We're going out next week. We're going to talk about all. You always say that. You always say you're taking me out, and you never do. I'm going. I'm going to your book party. I'm going. I hate book parties. I'm going to your book party. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Going. I'm literally staying in New York longer to go to your book party. Yeah, I appreciate that. Literally, dozens and dozens of my fans are showing up. Speaking of wins, and then you can do your fail. Is Scott's book is what? It's number 13 on the Apple bestsellers list? That's great. Not number 14. Not number 14. <laughs> Lucky Kira, 13. I talk about a weak Algebra flex. Algebra of happiness. Talk, it is not the calculus of happiness. It is how not many the trigonometry people, of happiness. Those are the sequels. How many people like roll through the door and say to the kids, the big dog's number 13 today. <laughs> I'm number 13. Oh, man. I'm number 13. That's like... That's like Typically to get to get you know when I'm about to have sex oh, I know no, you, you hate to talk about this I you know do, what I yell out to put my partner in the mood you know what I'm I yell out it's time to pay the rent all right now just to get everyone in the mood Scott yeah Scott. yeah what's That's your how fail the big dog rolls. this is your fail this week but what is your other fail and my other fail number Quickly. thirteen hearing you say that <laughs> it's like. That's what I have in my life. I'm number 13. And by the way, you know these bestseller lists? They subdivide it so many ways. It's like hardcover nonfiction from an angry professor who eats a Chipotle. And I'm number 13. Anyways, uh, my fail is the ARC Fund. Uh, This is my new whipping boy, of course, is WeWork. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've raised $2.7 billion. Yes. You know, and about $4.5 of that is Saudi money, by the way. Oh, great. Uh, Through SoftBank's Vision Fund. Couldn't happen to nicer people. They're now buying the building mm-hmm. that that they rent the floor in. So they've started an investment fund, yeah. and it's it's really unusual. I, I'm so it's fascinated a real by the company. well, I'm fascinated by the WeWork model because most hedge funds go out of business because they invest long, they invest in assets that are illiquid, and then they borrow short. And that is, their investors can mm-hmm. pull out their money anytime, and then they end up in a mismatch. And that's what's going to happen with WeWork. And that's my prediction here is that they sign ten-year leases. And they try and arbit with short-term, um, short-term rental rates that are greater, similar to what you do in a hotel room mm-hmm. where 
365 days of a hotel room, and I'm parroting the article in Recode, is greater than the cost to rent a similar apartment. Yeah. But what happens when, through a recession, when people stop renting or going into these things, and they look at this just horrific balance sheet, this company could literally— Someone's going to lose I, I just, an eye. Someone's going to— someone, It's going to be ugly. And then the other the other thing that happened, uh, or just uh, when last week when we talked about our big prediction about Tesla coming undone— I, I usually, whenever I mention Tesla, mm-hmm. the fanboys come oh, man. out. Man, I was—I have to—I'm adjacent to you. It's horrible. So angry at you, and the people are so passionate about this company. And this was the first time where I was critical of Tesla, and the majority of the comments were, "No, the stock isn't going below 100 bucks. The company's not going to get sold," which is the prediction. Yeah, that was a lot of the discussion. Yeah. They said a lot of people wrote me very thoughtful articles saying this company's going bankrupt because it's got 11 billion dollars in debt, and when you add in the liabilities around the warranties. That this company, if it gets into a death spiral, will, won't be worth the debt, and that it'll come out of a pre-pack bankruptcy, Such which I thought car. was— Such a good car. It is a great car. A, yeah. Great. No, it is a great it's really car. interesting. So you think it's going to go bankrupt? That is your this week. No, I don't know. Cause. You know what? I, I still—no, I think there's real value here. Mm-hmm. I think even with $11 billion in debt, it's, there's tremendous value. And I also want to acknowledge Tesla has been good for the world. It's sort of—he's checked that box. It's, it's been a great thing— for the world. But I just think economically, at the end of the day, they bend metal, terrible industry to be in, very hard for an independent player. It's like single title publishing. You can have an amazing magazine. You can be whatever it is. Vanity Fair couldn't survive on its own right now. Hmm. Uh, it just doesn't It just doesn't work. The industry dynamics don't work, and it's the same industry dynamics here. And I think you're going to see the Germans catch up in a big way. But anyway, my point is I got a lot of really thoughtful feedback uh, from people talking about the balance sheet. So thank Did you. Did Elon to call you? I have not heard from mm. the Big E, and something tells me I'm not going to. I might. I don't know. I haven't looked at my email. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know him. I do. What's he? Oh, I don't I do. know. I do. What's he like? He's like. fascinating. Although, you know who I want to roll with? And by the way, he does think this is a, he thinks the survival, of, I did a good podcast with him, but I talked to him about this a lot, the survival of companies like Tesla, he says Tesla in yeah. particular, is critical to the plan. I think he he has a, I mean, people have all kinds of opinions about him, but I do think he really is, you know, it is linked in with climate change, it's linked in with a lot of things, so... Whatever you think of him, I think so he's done let, something the, significant here. New part of new segment on the show, Kara, mm-hmm. before we go, and it's called Who Scott Wants to Roll With. <laughs> and that is I mentioned, no joke, about six months on this podcast yeah. that I wanted to roll with the CEO of a big tech company in Coachella. Yeah. And they called my bluff and they said, you know, so and so wants to meet you in Coachella. And I freaked out. I just couldn't handle the pressure. Who is it? I I'm not gonna tell you. Right. I just freaked out. But so I gotta aim lower. So the guy I want to roll with, and if he's out yeah, there and right. if anybody knows him, right. I'm going to take him out uh, in New York. I think he and I would just slay in New York. Who is this? I don't even I'm know his scared. name. Gary from Veep. I want to roll with that guy. Oh, I know him. I think that guy is one of the best actors. He was also in Arrested Development. That guy, which let me Gary think. What's the, the word, Kara? He's, he's a gangster. The, the that guy's a gangster. The guy who let, he's, an, he's a longtime actor. He's fantastic. Yeah, he was on one of my... I think okay. him and me and Lo, and La Esquina, yeah. a few Don Julios on the rocks, and everyone's and Lizzo, like, oh, my right. God, <laughs> that's Gary. And who's uh, that? Oh, uh, that's that ugly, angry professor. Uh, Boom! No, it's the Boom. happiness. People professor. are going to buy right, predictions, drinks. Scott. Predictions is this is not going to happen. That's my prediction. So but go ahead. What is your 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 prediction? So you, you're into power couples. I assume you heard that Stuart Butterfield of Slack and Jen Rubio, the co-founder of Away, are getting married. I wrote him a lovely note about it. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Yeah. What? Yes. Stuart and Jen, they're getting getting married. Getting married. They did a whole thing. Wait, hold on. The CEO of Slack and the CEO of Away are getting married? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, God, that's awful. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right? They're lovely people. Oh, my I God. I don't know them, and I hope it just implodes. No, it's not. They're lovely people. I'm not people gonna, that I'm successful getting, should at, not have children. In any case, that's what's That's happening. awful. Yeah. yeah. That's I told yeah, you. The, the finer people just procreate, what we say. All right. What's your prediction? <laughs> prediction what's my prediction? Envy with, um, a, with a side of bitter. So my prediction is a breakout show, and this is a, this is a, you know, I love television. Yeah. I have a new breakout show. Okay. So I spotted Killing Eve. I said yes, Killing Eve was going to be did. huge. It's big. The next big thing is this amazing show called Fleabag. Oh, right. You love that show. It's a great show. Okay. Next big thing. All right. Fleabag. You like Killing Eve. It turns out they're lesbians, right? That's all things. Whatever. Uh, I, you said I like it's a bad thing. No, it's not. I'm just saying. I knew. I'm totally everyone in, knew where that I'm was totally going. Into, everyone knew where I'm that totally was into going. lesbians. Yeah. You, know what kind of, you know what kind of person is really into lesbians? The lesbians. Men. <laughs> Men. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of questions, Kara. <laughs> That's an entirely different show, but I got a lot of questions. Yes, you're going to meet my lovely girlfriend this 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 at your book party. I'm bringing her. You have to be. You nice. are. Yes, I'm going to bring her. You're going to be really. I think nice. I met her at South by yeah, Southwest. You're gonna, didn't yes, I? I think so. And you're going to meet her again, and you'll see. Yeah, she seemed very She's nice. Lovely. So I, you, you can talk to her about lesbianism if you want, if, if you feel like. I'm it. in. I got a lot of questions. All right. <laughs> Few drinks, open bar. This could get interesting. We have no answers for you, just so you this know. This could get interesting. No, it doesn't get interesting. It gets dull to lesbians because they have to endure it so much. Um, mm-hmm. Anyhow, we'll try our hardest to try to talk to you. Cinemax has taught me different. <laughs> oh, my God. Cinemax God. makes it seem very Anytime interesting. Anytime you go to a good place, you go to a bad place. It's yeah, just like can't help super it. I am who I am. Okay. All right. Love me, Scott. don't judge me, Kara. Uh, we're going to go now. All right. All right. Have a great week. Have All fun right. at your your son's poetry poetry reading, reading and then my son's going to the prom. My other one's going to the prom next week. There's wow. all kinds of end of prom. school things. Yeah, so it's very exciting. Just talk to me about he prom. Did, Does he, he have did a date? Do they take dates? He still did a prom? history presentation. We had to practice that. I've been deep into end-of-school stuff. Um, does he have a day for prom, or do they not does. do that now? Of course uh-huh. he does. They have a bus. They have a bus that goes, and we have picture-taking yeah. a bus, and they stay over one of the parents' houses, and they all stay together, which just seems— That's nice. So they don't drive and drink or whatever the heck they do. Anyway, he's very excited. He has a beautiful jacket. And I got my other son a beautiful jacket for his eighth-grade graduation. So I am deep into moments with my sons. Anyway. These are the moments. These are the these moments. These are the days of our us, lives. Sarah. Good morning, we're yesterday. A, we're still you a, wake we're still up and time has sand. slipped away. I'm doing a, a Kodak commercial that I love. We're still a grain of sand on the blink in the cosmic right. universe, but this blink matters. Prom <laughs> matters, Kara. Okay, all right. I'll make sure I take a lot of pictures for you. Anyway, Camila Salazar directed Pivot this week. She's new to us. Welcome, Camila. Nishat Kurwa is the show's executive producer. Thanks also to Eric Johnson. Thanks for listening to Pivot from Vox Media. We'll be back next week for another breakdown of all things tech and business. Please write to us on Twitter. Scott loves it. You do. Anyway, Scott, thank you so much for coming, and I'll see you next week. I'm very excited for for our lunch and your, your party, and I promise I will wear clothes and everything. It'll be great. <laughs>